Catching you up on the latest stories from around the Sunshine State that you should know heading into this Thursday morning, February 23rd. I'm Julia Cooper, and this is The Point from WUFT News. Florida is set for its first execution in three and a half years today. Donald Dilbeck, who was convicted of murdering Favon in the 1990s, is scheduled to be the 100th death since the state resumed capital punishment in 1979. I spoke with Florida International University's director of the Balanced Justice Project, Hannah Gorman, on the state's death penalty law and potential changes to it. Florida has undergone a, a turmoil or legal chaos, as I have called it, from uh, sort of 2016. And in 2016, the Supreme Court of the United States effectively told Florida that the way they sentenced people to die was unconstitutional. The issue that was before the court in 2016 that created the changes and the legal chaos to the system in Florida was essentially Florida allowed the opportunity for a judge to find additional factors that were important for making the decision of a death sentence. And that is the issue. You are you are not allowed under the Constitution to have a judge find those factors in the death penalty decision. It must be a jury that takes on that role. So there are some recent pushes to change the way the death penalty law is handled here in Florida. Can you tell me about these proposed legislative changes and why they may be significant? The recent change that there is, that's being proposed is to walk back a decision that is a decision called Hearst. And so if I just take you back, because the question really refers to recent change to bring in changes that will allow a jury to make a non-unanimous decision of a death sentence. Then in 2020, which of course, the world as we knew it changed, but just before we all went into lockdown here in the US, there was a decision released from now a different composition of a Florida Supreme Court. So the politics had changed um, in those seats. And they decided in a case called Poole, that actually the way the Florida Supreme Court had interpreted Hearst a few years earlier was incorrect and it didn't require during unanimity. They said, essentially, we're reversing that decision entirely with one exception. The jury must at least unanimously find one aggravating factor to make a case death eligible. And then they could go on to weigh the decision as to whether the death sentence is appropriate, that sort of stage, there's a difference there. So for somebody to be eligible, a jury must find unanimously at least one aggravating factor. And provided they do that, then they're able to go to the next stage and say, okay, so this person is eligible for the death penalty, but now do we actually deem it appropriate? And this is the selection process, right? So then you go through that weighing process. And under the law in 2017, that decision had to be unanimous too. But the recommendation in this new bill is that it does not need to be a unanimous decision. It needs to be at least eight members of the jury. So if recent legislation does end up passing and unanimity within the jury is no longer required, how might that affect the state and the state's judicial system? What it means is it's going to be easier to get a death sentence. The reality is, is that if we, if we 
are saying that our system allows the death penalty and the death penalty is constitutional, then you have to have reliability and special extra precautions that ensure due process. And I think removing a requirement of unanimity in a jury for a death sentence undoes that. The last instance of an execution being carried out in the state seems to have been in 2019. Since then, there have been none, but the next scheduled execution is set for Thursday. Why do you think there was such a large gap in time between these cases? Let's get one obvious one out of the way, right? COVID. We were dealing with something else. Uh, The other reason is there is a general decline in the use of the death penalty. And then I think I've also referred to another one. You know, it's political now, election year. It's also post Nicholas Cruz's trial. Again, those emotions are raw and the trauma is raw and people want to see punishment done and people punished for doing awful things. So, you know, the reality is, is between sort of people being in the right case posture, and there are, you know, um, you know, people who will be at that stage, but also mix in some COVID, mix in a general lack of appetite, and then mix in an event that is traumatizing to the community where they feel they need to have that punishment seen, I think, you know, that creates the perfect arena in an election (laughs) to go ahead and start setting dates. That was FIU's Hannah Gorman on Florida's death penalty law. Now, let's catch you up on today's top stories from around the state. After Terrell Bradley was mauled by the Gainesville Police Department's canine unit in July of last year, his lawyers sent a letter Tuesday to the Gainesville city manager. According to WUFT News' Katie Heisen, Bradley, who lost his right eye and has spinal fluid leakage, is seeking a settlement that would help cover his $250,000 medical debt. Gainesville faces a civil suit over alleged racism on the canine unit that it reinstated last week after a month-long hiatus. As of December, nearly 200 children were missing from Florida's foster care and group home system. According to WFSU, State Representative Patricia Williams is proposing a bill that would create a task force within the Florida Department of Law Enforcement. The task force would be assigned to monitor children in out-of-home care, conduct focus groups, and provide recommendations. The cruise industry is expected to return to pre-pandemic passenger counts this year. According to WLRN, the annual Seaport Mission Plan, which was issued Wednesday, said the state's ports handled half a percent more cargo than in 2019, which was the last full year before the COVID-19 pandemic. However, the cruise industry recorded 44 percent fewer passengers than in 2019, but is trending toward meeting those 2019 totals. Subscribe to The Point Newsletter, which drops the latest Florida stories into your inbox every weekday morning at 8 a.m. Visit WUFT.org to subscribe and view the most recent issues. I'm Julia Cooper, and you've been listening to The Point from WUFT News out of the University of Florida's College of Journalism and Communications. Have a great Thursday. Thursday.